0: I want to talk about anticipation. Anticipation, the soul of a visionary. How many of you are sitting next to a visionary? Did that visionary stand on their feet right now as we are worshiping? Just look at them and say, Marawa, now I laugh. As a believer, you have a choice. A choice to slumber and slip your way through life or a choice to wake up and live life to the maximum the Bible in the book of Ephesians says arise you that sleepeth that Christ may give you light you see life is meant to be filled to the full of all the great things God has done is doing and will do in the future. And we can only live the best of life of life when we align ourselves to Jesus, when we align ourselves to his word, and when we live a life of abandonment and agreement, anticipating that God will do great things in our lives. And so the question I want to ask you is, how is Your anticipation virtue today. How positive are you about the future? How positive are you about your future? About the future of the world? Does your heart throb with feelings of hope? Does your heart beat with a great outlook of the future? Or are you somebody who's living like God is dead? Are you somebody slumbering and slipping your way through life? Carrying yourself, in fact, dragging yourself through life, just surviving instead of living? Or are you someone who lives a life of anticipation? You've got to live a life of anticipation because throughout scripture, God tells us that he's got a great future for us. God has great things in store for you, a great destiny. And so you need to live a life of anticipation. Because whatever it is that is before you, whatever it is that is in your future, is even better than what there was in your past. First Corinthians 2 9 says, but as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard. Neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. But you must be sure that you love him. And if you love him, God has prepared great things for you. Great things in your destiny. I cannot wait to see the thousand churches get fulfilled. I cannot feel we'll probably go beyond a thousand churches in my lifetime. I cannot wait to see us build more buildings and train more pastors and send out more leaders. I cannot wait for this coming year. We're going to be doing more crusades with a big tent. I can't wait for that. Great things in store for you. Look at your neighbor who's not saying anything and say you are still cold even now. Even now you are still cold. The new century version says, but as it is written in the scriptures, no one has ever seen this. And no one has ever heard about it. No one has ever imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. It hasn't entered your mind yet. It hasn't entered your heart yet. Even your biggest dream and your biggest thoughts fall short of what God is going to be doing for you in your future. I I wish I was preaching to people who are more alive than the ones that I'm looking at right now. And so because of that, we can only move into the future with anticipation. We can only move into the future with great anticipation. Let's define this word, by the way. What do we mean by anticipation? Anticipation is the act of anticipating. (laughs) To anticipate means to look forward to. You need to be a person who is looking forward to. See, one of the things that causes people to take their lives out is that when they look into the future, they don't see anything. All they see is doom and gloom. See, what really keeps us going, Bazalwana, is that tomorrow will be a better day. I'm telling you, next week will be a better week. Next year will be a better year. Yes. That's what keeps us going, that what I've been through may be bad enough, but I still have a chance to see something better in my life. When you anticipate, you look forward to. To anticipate means to expect. You've got to live life with expectancy, great expectancy. In fact, when the Bible uses the word hope, it says, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The word hope is not like, you know, have you ever had a dream where you kind of a lotto and you won like a, 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 a twenty million rands? Have you ever had a dream like that? You know, not watsara lotto. You know, not watsara lotto, not watsara lotto. You know, and you had twenty million rands was yours, and, and, and there you were, you were kind of taking deliver of it, and just before you laid your hands on it, you woke up. That's what we call hope. It's a dream that will never be. And so how many of you have ever tried to go back to sleep to, re, to restart where you stopped? Anybody knows? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I've been there many times. But hope is not like a, a, a dream that has no substance to it. The word hope in the Bible is the closest I can come to is like a pregnant woman. That's hope. That's hope. The baby is not born yet, but you can, you, the baby is in the womb. Now and then you can kind of feel the baby kicking. And you know that baby is going to be born, so you are expecting. That's what we say, Akir. You are expecting. In other words, hope is a favorable expectation. You are pregnant with God's dream. Are you there, Bazalana? Even we as men, we can be pregnant sometimes. So sometimes we look like we are pregnant, you know, and even if we are not. Favorable expectation. The word anticipate means to do before others. When you are a man and a woman of anticipation, you are quick on the act. Quick to get up. Quick to plan. Quick to move ahead. Quick to plan for next year. You are looking forward. I tell you. You move ahead of people. See, we are buying sites right now in many different places. And we are looking forward to uh, a development coming in those areas. Because we want to build a church there. We want to be there in those places. That's anticipation. The word anticipate means to take care of ahead of time to take care of ahead of time or to be ahead of, I see you being ahead of others. Yeah. You know, some people are always catching up. You know, you know, the famous saying, they say there's three kinds of people in this world. There are those, first of all, who don't know what's happening. How many of you are sitting next to one of those who doesn't know what has happened? Secondly, there there are those who are wondering what's happening. And the third group are those who actually make things happen. Some watch what happens. Some are wondering what's happening. Some are making things happen. A person who anticipates makes things happen. You don't live life as a passenger. You get into the driving seat of your life. You don't live life watching life pass you by. Some of you are living life, you're just watching life passing by. But I believe God's going to fill you with anticipation today. The word anticipation means to consider in advance. The synonyms of anticipate are foresee, when you have foresight. Or await. See, anticipation in Bible terms is the attitude of the soul that believes in the greatness of God's will and God's work That is yet to be done. Let me say that again. In Bible terms. Anticipation is the attitude of the soul. That believes in the greatness of God's will. And God's work that is yet to be done. In short, you are saying God is not done with me yet. As long as I still have breath in my lungs, there is more that God is going to do in my life. Yeah. That you woke up this morning, it's a great sign that there is more that is coming in your life. Oh, that you are healthy this morning, it's a sign that there is more that is coming in your life. God wants us to be men and women of anticipation. I want to give you some scriptures that show you. And God is kind of teasing us to anticipate. He's talking to us. And I'm just going to read these scriptures quickly. I won't give you time to open them. In Jeremiah 33 verse 3, God says, Call unto me and I will answer you. And I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Yeah, just call to me You want to see great and mighty things Just call to me I will show you great and mighty things That you do not know In short God says there's things about me That you don't know yet Yeah You think you're having a great life You think your life is good There's a gooder life that's there I know that's not good English But there's a gooder life and a better life That is there God is saying you think you've seen church growth You haven't seen anything yet There's a better level of church growth I don't know about you but I don't know about, nah, I'm expecting God to be doing more So I am calling In Ephesians three twenty, It says now unto him Who is able To do Exceeding Huh Abundantly, yeah, above how much, how much, how much, what does all mean? All means all, all means there's nothing left. All that we may ask or think are you telling me there are things that I haven't seen yet that I'm not even thinking about that. God is able to do exceedingly above, beyond, above anything. Are you telling me there are still signs of God that I haven't seen yet, that I haven't experienced yet? Are you telling me there is a certain level of anointing that I don't know anything about yet and I haven't experienced yet? Are you telling me there's a level of church growth that I don't know anything about that I haven't experienced in yet? I don't know about you, but I'm a man of anticipation. I am believing God. Yeah. Yeah. Him who is able, it's him who's able. Haribu haribu kamu shanyana mo, haribu kamu tu morna, ribuakamu diimu, ribuakamu diimu. Skulung We're talking about God here. We're not talking about human beings. This God is able to Do he's a God who's active, he's a God who's ab- who has ability, he is a God who gets into gear, he's a God who does something, he is not a statue that is dead that we must lift up from one place to another, he's not the God of he's not a god who needs anything, he's not a god who needs us to survive, he was there before we came, he will be there. I'm able to do exceeding, abundantly, above all you can ask or think. It's able to do according to the power that works in us. God says in Jeremiah 29 verse 11, for I know the thoughts I think towards you says the Lord. Can you imagine God just thinking about you? Says, I know the thoughts I think about you. Says, it's thought of peace. And not evil. Thought to give you a future. And a hope. Some of you are sitting there hopeless. It looks like you don't hear what the Bible says. God says, I want to give you hope. God says, I want to give you a future. There's nothing wrong in you having expectancy. There's nothing wrong in you looking forward to something better. God says, when I'm just sitting, I'm just thinking about you. Just thinking how I can give you peace and hope And a future I'm just thinking about how I can just take you to another level And you are sitting there like you are a Dead corpse Instead of realizing God has great things In your life And God wants you to anticipate Oh yeah Oh yeah Psalms 23 Surely goodness and mercy Shall follow me yeah, I'm, I'm not followed by bad luck or curses. I, I am followed by goodness and mercy. And note the goodness and mercy follows me all the days of my life. And that is why I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Surely goodness and mercy. Philippians 1, 6, being confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you. Ah, Some of you are not hearing. He who has begun a good work in you. Yeah, yeah. The devil is too late. He should have stopped you from getting born. It's too late. God has already begun you. I tell you, the devil should have stopped you even from coming to the service today. It's too late. God has begun. The devil should have stopped you from knowing the Bible. The devil should have stopped you from moving towards God. It's too late, devil. It's too late. God has begun. And when God begins, he says, I will finish. When God begins, he says, I'll bring you a completion the devil should have stopped your mom and dad from having you he should have stopped them from looking at each other and thinking about you it's too late, I was born and I'm here and God has started me and God will finish me can I hear an amen in this house yeah listen what Paul says he says being confident I'm not doubting I'm confident why because I've seen this God God I've seen this God I've seen this God I've seen this God When he took the children of Israel out of Egypt He didn't leave them out in the desert And let them die He took them all the way into the promised land God never starts anything that he doesn't finish I've seen this God with a plan of salvation when he talked about it in the Garden of Eden and said the seed of woman will come and he will break the head of the serpent. For thousands of years it looked like nothing was going to happen. But one day in the fullness of time, God brought forth his son, born of a woman who came into the world and he destroyed principalities and powers and made an open show over them and he came and finished what God had told him. God never starts anything that he doesn't complete yeah. Or oh, you have a reason to be a man and a woman of anticipation a man and woman of foresight you have reason to look forward to cause our God is that kind of a God can I hear an amen yeah. can I hear an amen Now, what is it that characterizes anticipation? Anticipation is looking forward with a new outlook. Visualizing a God-directed life, a God-filled life, and a God-blessed future. Let's say that again. Anticipation in Bible terms is looking forward with a new outlook. Some of you, it's about time you have started having a new outlook of life. And stop being so negative. And stop being so sour. You know, English doesn't say it nicely. Stop being so moon moon. <laughs> it's about time some of you, honestly, you started waking up and smelling the coffee. Some of you need to come out of a spirit of mourning. You need to come out of this life that's going south all the time. Now I can tell you, life will always try to push you south. Satan will always try to come against you. And we all have moments where things are not doing well. It's okay to be hurt for a while. It's okay to feel discouraged for a while. But don't stay there. I said don't stay there. You've got to shake yourself up one day and say, my God is not dead. This God who started me, he will finish me. Can I hear an amen in the house? So anticipation in Bible terms is looking forward with a new outlook. May 2017 be a year where you will look forward with a new outlook. It's looking forward with a new outlook, visualizing A God-directed life. May God direct your steps. I said, may God direct your steps this year. A God-filled life. May you live your life by the power and the blessing of God. And a God-blessed future. Therefore, anticipation means you live your life as a visionary. That's my title, anticipation. The soul of a visionary believer. When you're a man and a woman of anticipation, you are a man and a woman who lives by vision. Tell your neighbor, "I live by vision." Tell your other neighbor, "I live by vision." Go back to the first one and say, "I'm a visionary neighbor." The other one tell them, "I'm a visionary neighbor." Proverbs 29:18, "Where there's no vision, the people perish. See, vision is God's greatest gift to us, and men and women of anticipation, because they have foresight, because they are forward-looking, because they are planning ahead. See, vision is simply a picture of a preferable future. You can see the future there, so you plan for the future. You have a picture of the future. Even if other people don't see it, you can see it. I was telling Mama this morning, I won't tell you where. there's a place that I went to yesterday. I was officiating and, and ordaining somebody to the ministry Kai Kai, And I was roving around this place and I saw this piece of land in a prime spot. So beautiful. Hey. You know I'm a visionary. Right? Everywhere I go now, I see churches. Yeah, every time I look at you, I just see pastors and I just see pastors, all pastors, all pastors here, all pastors, all of you. No, 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 don't hide. All of you. I just see all pastors, all pastors. Hey. I see this prime spot. You know, and I stopped and I took the numbers of the estate agent. We're going to phone them. It's in a very prime spot. I think it's a lot of money. I don't mind. The, the, the worst answer I can get is a no. Yeah, but I'm going to try. But you know, I'm very aware that other people passed that same site and all they saw was an open space. Mio when I went past there, you I see a church. Hey, isn't it amazing, Bazalam? We can all look at the same thing and never see the same thing. It depends, it depends. When other people see problems, you as a visionary, you see opportunity. In fact, that's what business is about. Do you know that? That's how business ideas come. Somebody realized people were having a problem in this and this. Instead of complaining, he said, you know, I can solve the problem. That's what business is, just solving problems. That's what it is. So when you're a visionary, even when you're walking around, even when people complain about things, you see opportunity. I don't know about you, Basalam. Even if people say our world is bad and the economy is down, and I know it's true, but you know what? I have never been so inspired in my life. Yeah, This afternoon, you must come to Brakpan. We bought that church cash, that beautiful church in Brakpan. <laughs> beautiful church. I tell you. It was my first time. It was uh, uh, my bishop, Dr. Matolo, who went to see the church, you know. And they went and they bought I, They bought it even before I saw it. Bless them, Lord Jesus. That's how much I trust them. And my wife would come back and would come back and say, hey, that church, bishop, you must see it. I never had t- t- time, you know. I was so busy. So I went this killing this Thursday. This was Thursday when we went. And I walked into this building. It took my breath away. I'm looking at it. Wow. Can you believe, Pastor? You know, and, and I know that church hadn't been used for a while. So the yard had been unkept. But now they have made it nice. You, you see it this afternoon. Hey! I tell you. But you know, people who don't have a vision have driven past that church. Even when there's opportunity there next to the road, you don't see it. Because you don't see. May God grant you foresight I'm telling you the truth May God grant you the grace to have foresight May God open your eyes as a visionary Instead of complaining May you see opportunity in the name of Jesus Instead of seeing problems May you see an opportunity to solve those problems Instead of talking about the problems Talk about the solution to those problems where there's no vision, people perish. One translation says where there's no vision, people run like wild, untamed horses. You see, anticipation makes us to be people who are visionary and purpose-driven. We need to live our lives as a people who are purpose-driven. There's a reason why you are still alive today. There's a reason why you God has given you the gifts and the abilities he has given you. There's a reason why God has placed you where he has placed you. And you need to be a man of vision. What is vision? Number one, vision is the ability to see further than your eyes can look. By that I mean, you, you can look at things and look at problems and never see beyond the problem. But if you are a visionary, even when your eyes can see problems all around, you have another eye called the invisible eye. It's the eye of faith. You don't look at the problem, you look through the problem. That's what Jesus did when he came to the cross. The Bible says, for the joy that was set before him, he despised the shame and he went to the cross. In other words, even if the pain of being crucified was real. Even if the sorrow of being rejected was real. Remember Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane, he said to God, if it is possible, let this cup pass from my mouth. In short, he's saying, I don't want to go through this process of the cross. It is too difficult for me. He called his disciples to pray for him. He said, my soul is exceedingly heavy. Please pray for me. He said, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. I cannot go through this. So you can tell the experience of going to the cross was a difficult one for our Lord Jesus Christ. But the book of Hebrews says, when he looked at the cross, he despised the shame. He looked beyond. It says for the joy that was set before him. In other words, Jesus didn't only look at the cross. He looked at what was going to happen as a result of him going to the cross. He saw you getting changed by the power of God. He saw you being delivered from the power of darkness. He saw the world being taken from darkness into light. And he said, that's going to be the result of this momentary pain. And because I can see beyond the pain of now, I can go through the cross. And that's what you can do as well. You can look at the problem and say, okay, I'm going to have this challenge. But I'm going to look beyond this problem. I'm going to face this problem because this problem is not going to stop me. Can I hear an amen in the house? Because with every temptation, with every problem, the Bible tells us God will make a way of escape. Yeah. God provides a way. If it's a mountain, he provides a way for you to scale over the mountain. If it's a river, he provides a way for you to cross the river. If it is the ocean, he opens the Red Sea and he makes you walk on dry ground. Doesn't want to go to Uber. God doesn't want you to turn around and go back. God wants you to face your problem and face your challenge and say, I'm gonna face this thing and I'm gonna come out on the other side no matter what it takes. Am I, am I talking to people who are visionaries in this house this morning? It's up to you, Mdana Sekya. It's up to you if you want to turn back or you want to say, I'm gonna face this. God being on my side, the God who started me will finish me. This God thinks good thoughts about me. This God that I'm praying to, he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all. This God that I'm talking about, he said to me, call unto me. Yeah. Yeah. Secondly, vision is is not what is, but what could be. In other words, vision is not about the here and the now. It's about the there and then. So if my here and now is not that great, it's okay. My here and now doesn't define me. My here and now is where I am now. But my life is not confined to my here and now. My life is still unfolding. I may not be in the most favorable of circumstances right now. That's okay. But I can dream. I may be like Joseph in a prison, locked in a prison. But I've got a dream in my heart. And one day, as we say in the township, one day is one day. Yeah, lidoda One day is one day. Tell your neighbour, lidoda uh. doba. Number three, vision, as we said, is a picture of a preferable future. What's the purpose of anticipatory vision? Why must we have vision? Number one, vision makes you to be purpose-driven. You know, when you're purpose-driven, you're not going to be distracted by other things. You know, when you, when you are living for purpose, when you're focused on what you want to do, that's what becomes the driving force. I'm telling you. If there's one thing that is really driving my life is a love for the work of God and the drive to see churches planted. That's all I'm talking about these days. It's great to have something that seizes your life. Because all of us are seized by something. Yeah, hang around people long enough, you'll realize what is it that's driving their life. Why don't you rather have something more noble drive your life? A vision that comes from God. Wow. Vision makes you purpose driven. Number two, vision allows for concentration, helps you to focus. See, we all have 24 hours a day, 365 and a quarter days a year, 66 on leap year. But you know, at the end of the years and at the end of the day, when you analyze what we've achieved, we haven't achieved the same thing. And the difference is, are you a visionary or are you not a visionary? If you're not a visionary, when you wake up, you don't know what to do with your life. You just wake up and bask in the sun. There are some people who are resting eternally. Perpetually. God showed us in Genesis that rest is a result of working. God worked for six days and rested on the seventh day. But some of you, you are seven days, you are resting. That's what we simply call laziness. See, when you don't have vision, even when you wake up in the morning, why plan, Why wash? Why organize my day? Why? Time is of no value. Can go, anybody can phone you. Can we go? You're you're always available. How many of you are sitting next to somebody who's always available? You're busy living your life fulfilling other people's agendas. You're always cupping others' people. Accompanying. Yeah. People are inviting you, can we go there? So you're busy going with them. You're helping them fulfill their vision. Yeah. That's all you are leaving when you are a cup, you are doing capiology? <laughs> forgive. Yeah, but you see, when you don't have vision, you don't need to concentrate and focus. Number four, vision boosts morale. In fact, I love that Proverbs 29, 18. In the New American Standard Bible, it says where there's no vision, people are demoralized. You know, one of the things I enjoy so much is visiting starting churches. And I'm preaching around the country, many parts of the world. One of my highlights is to go to a starting church. You know, (laughs) Usually things are really not at their best in a starting church. Sometimes they don't have a building, they don't have a sound system. You know, even their music is not really great. I mean, they haven't really gotten refined yet. They're still rough around the edges. But when you go to those churches that are new, because they're new and fresh, there's a certain type of freshness and newness. And the morale is very high. Yeah, the people don't walk to church, they run there. Yeah. The people invite new people not like you. Yeah. You can tell when they're waiting for the service even as they're talking wherever they're standing they are they're very animated that's why i like young people you know young people are like, i love them you know, I know I yeah, hallelujah, hallelujah. <laughs> but that hallelujah was too reserved my brother just put a little bit of youth and youthfulness in it but i receive it anytime <laughs> So I love young people. You know, I watch teachers, school teachers. They, they don't age. Have you watched school teachers? Two school teachers don't age because they hang around young people. Young minds, young ways of doing things, young things. They're trying to be young too. Bless them, Lord Jesus. <laughs> but when you hang around youthfulness, it, 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 it brings a certain sense of freshness. And, and young people always have a high morale. Young people still believe in doing stuff. They still dream big, even if you know some things will never happen, but why not? It's fine. Let them dream. It's okay. But old people have already rehearsed the disappointments of life. Yeah, they are managing what they have gained, trying to keep what they've gained and not trying to do anything lest they lose what they have. They already know that if you try this, you'll fail. If you go there, they will say no. So they already know. So they cut their life back and manage their life and slow down their RPMs. That is about the RPM is that thing that you have in your car that shows you revs per minute. So instead of going in life at full throttle, they are going at half throttle. But I love young people. They're just crazy. I love that craziness. It's good. I love that craziness. Big high morale. See, some of you are going to age before your time. I'm telling you. The way you're handling yourself, I'm telling you, you're going to age before your time. I'm telling you. Know. Actually, Chronologically, you'll be 50 years, but, uh, but experientially, when you look at you, you'll look 100 years old. Why? Because you're always complaining, always negative. You're not dreaming, always criticizing people, always negative, always saying things won't work. You don't want to believe, you don't want to pray, you don't want to try anything, you don't want to go anywhere. You're always telling us how hard life is. I'm telling you. But you see, vision boosts morale. When you go to people who who have embraced a project, and you know, if there's one time I enjoyed our country, and I've enjoyed it all the time, it's in towards 2010 and during 2010. I tell you, even the criminals didn't steal during the World Cup. You know, I went to many... Steadier to go and watch the soccer. You know, I love soccer. I went to I went to the quarterfinals and the semifinals. Quarterfinals, I went all the way. I think it was in Devon. Uh, you know, there were two semifinals actually. I went to do semifinals. I drove all the way to Devon, watched another semifinal, and then drove all the way to Cape Town to watch another. Yeah, I immediately jumped into the car, drove to Cape Town with my boys, and I went, drove all the way. The morale of the pastor. Ha! I tell you. But I remember when the tickets were being bought. I came and bought my tickets here at Mama Ponyamon. I couldn't believe how long the queue was. Hey, I didn't know that people in South Africa can wake up at 2 in the morning and go to the queue. People did what they couldn't. People did what we don't know them to be doing under normal circumstances. Why? Because there was a vision to be in a stadium. A vision to watch a soccer match. That was the vision. It was captivating. And the morale of the people was high. We stood in long queues. There was nobody who would complain. Nobody shouted. We waited patiently for our turn. Hey! Imagine living like that every day. See, when you have a vision, you live like that every day. Vision boosts your morale. Vision assists in evaluation. What do I mean? When you have vision, you can then sit down at the end of the year, wherever, and evaluate your achievement. Put your vision here. Put your achievements here. It helps you to move forward in life. It helps you to tick all the boxes. You know, that's the one thing I say about us churches and us ministers. You know, sometimes as churches, we're not purpose-driven. We just do church in general. We never check. Are we reaching the target? Are we really infiltrating the community? As long as we come to church and preach and sing and dance, roll on the floor, we say, oh, Jesus is coming. Hang on now. Are we really reaching people? What are our goals? How many churches do we want to plant? How many people do we want to see come into the knowledge of Christ? How many feeding schemes do you want to have? All those questions, we've got to be able to tick the boxes. It helps you to evaluate. So, when you have vision, you can look at your life and see Am I moving forward? Am I moving backwards? Have I stagnated? The biggest challenge in life, Bazanana, is that we can all lie to ourselves that we are going somewhere. It's easy to feel nice about you, yourself, and say no, but truly speaking, are we really having the impact that we should be having? Let me conclude. What is it that I must do as a man who anticipates and as a man and a woman who's a visionary? Number one, listen to the whispers of the Holy Spirit. Whatever the Holy Spirit whispers in your heart or whatever vision he gives you, sometimes it comes in the form of a desire, whatever it is, but you can tell the Holy Spirit is impressing this on my heart. Listen to those whispers. Number two, Whatever God impresses in your heart, write it down. Please. Write down the vision God gives you so that you don't forget it. You know, there are so many things that are vying for our attention today. So many things that are calling out for our attention. Write down the vision. Number three, obey. You know, it's no use having all these nice plans and you just sit on them. Obey God's leading and get into action mode. Start. Start. I mean, start. You don't have to wait. You don't have to have everything before you start. Just start. Just make sure you have what's sufficient. Just start. If God is leading you to start a church, you know, all you need is a tree. Just start a church under that tree. Just start. You have a vision. Start. I've been encouraging some of you guys the whole year you've been sitting next to her. You are trying to send out some signals. Who could know who's understand? No, I don't understand. After Inconzone, Master Tangena, and then for it, Master amen and General, so yeah, which, uh, you tend to her and say, You have a sugar, Hey! Number four, be persistent to see the vision through. Persist. All visions will go through trouble and challenge. Sometimes vision takes longer. The fulfillment of vision takes longer than what you were hoping. It's okay. Just persist. Persist. Persist to see the vision through. Don't be a person who lives half done projects. You love one want keep it half. Persist. <laughs> I don't know why I'm saying this. I think there's somebody here. The Lord is talking to you. In fact, I feel there's several people. <laughs> Persist. Don't ever allow anything to discourage you. Some of you this year, you started you something. Persist. And finally, give honor and glory to God when the vision gets fulfilled. Don't forget who the source is. Is the God who started you and the God who will finish you. I think the greatest gift God's given us is this thing called anticipation. The ability to live beyond the now and have foresight and see what's in front of us. And you know what? God is willing, more than willing, To release his power on your behalf. He's just waiting for you. Hmm? Just waiting for you. So my question to you is, what are you going to do this year? Are you going to live your life as a passenger? Are you going to be filled with excuses? Always explaining. Are you going to live your life blaming others? (laughs) about your couple holding them with a heart? Or are you going to say, I'm going to take control of my life. And I'm going to get onto God's path. Bow your heads with me, please, as we pray. Hallelujah. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Some of you have come here today, you've been invited, or maybe you've come on your own. Or it might not even be your first time. But as yet, you haven't invited Jesus Christ into your heart to be the Savior and the Lord of your life. You've heard about it. Maybe you haven't even heard about it. But as you've been sitting in the service, you realize, you know what? God is interested in my life. Here I am trying to do my life in my own strength when God is willing to come into my life and change me and make me a different person. Right where you are sitting... If you say to me, I want to receive Christ as Savior and Lord of my life. I want to invite Jesus Christ to come into my heart to be the Savior and the Lord of my life. Would you please pray for me? My life is not going in the right direction. I want my life to turn and get on to the right direction. I've tried to do it in my own strength. I've failed. But I want to invite Christ to come into my life. Would you please pray for me? If that is you, our heads bowed, our eyes closed, please. Nobody leaving, nobody moving. If that is you and you need prayer, would you raise your hand, please, right where you are. Just raise it high. I want to pray for you. Just raise it high. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for those hands. Thank you so much. This is what it's about, people. It's about us. Keep the hands raised, please. Keep the hands raised. Don't put it down. This is what it's about. It's about us saying, God, I'm making a decision today to take a step. I come just as I am. I'm not going to wait for a better day because it may never come. Whilst I have opportunity right now, today, I'm making that decision. Thank you for those hands. May I ask all of you who raised your hands, would you please just stand on your feet right where you are? Please just stand on your feet. I want to pray with you, please. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. There was someone this side here. Thank you. Thank you. Give them a hand, Basilana. Thank you. Takes, takes a long, it takes a lot of courage to do what you're doing. But you know what? You know what? God will always challenge us and say, if you will come, if you will take the step, if you will say yes to me, I'll change your life. God always waits for us to take the step and then he will change our lives. Hallelujah. So I'm going to ask all of you, I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. If you could just come from where you stand and come stand with me, I'll stand with you right here. Take all your belongings. Don't leave anything of yours behind, please. All right? Just take.